Welcome to the Authority of Love. My name is Greg Williams, and thank you once again for joining me on the Authority of Love broadcast or podcast. Now, as mentioned at the close of yesterday's program, we're going to finish out this week with a two-day series entitled 25 Characteristics of a Husband Who Truly Loves His Wife. We all desire this, don't we? I mean, everybody wants to be in that kind of marriage or uh, relationship. Um, and, and if you want to go back and look at the Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you can go back at least today and yesterday and the day before. You can go to WJMM.com, look at the podcast tab, and there I click on that, and then click on the Love and Lordship links. You can find all these and many other podcasts at loveandlordship.podbean.com. That's loveandlordship.podbean.com or videos, teaching videos and sharing videos at loveandlordshipvimeo.com forward slash loveandlordship, vimeo.com forward slash loveandlordship. Um, now, I need to let you know that in this series, I'm literally using 25 characteristics as they appeared in Mark Merrill's post from Helping Families Love Well. I will add some comments and, of course, scriptural principles and text, but the original list belongs to him. Mark begins with this story. A friend of mine used to work with teenagers, which is how he met a quiet freshman named Kevin. Kevin started dating Allie when they were just 14. Four years later, they were still dating when my friend asked Kevin, who had just graduated, to help him lead a cabin of guys for a week at summer camp. Every single day while he was away at camp, Kevin wrote Allie a letter. His level of devotion and thoughtfulness amazes me. The fact that he exercised that level of maturity at age 18 made it even more amazing. And I would add discipline and commitment. Today, Kevin and Allie have been married for years, and Kevin continues to consistently show the characteristics of a man who loves his wife in the same way he did when they were high school sweethearts. More than once, Kevin's story has made me evaluate myself on how well I truly love my wife. It's always good to measure yourself in order to improve. It makes me think of author Dr. Robert Lewis, who has a list of 25 characteristics of husbands who love their wives, and it makes me examine how many I possess. How many of these 25 characteristics do you think are true of you? So here we go with Dr. Lewis's list in Mark Merrill's post, right? And I'm going to add, okay, so we'll just keep piling on, okay? Number one, the husband, this husband includes his wife in envisioning the future. Genesis 2.24 tells us that God's design and plan calls for us to become one with each other in marriage. This is certainly a reference to the sexual act of marriage, but includes every aspect of our lives and relationships together in covenant in Him. Don't act on your own, but bring your wife into the picture so you're together as one in your goals and plans for the future. God will bless them as you seek Him first and do so as one. Number two, this husband is willing to say, I'm sorry, and please forgive me to his family. This is one of the greatest and most humbling things that I learned as a husband and father. And my wife and children have told me this have made, has made maybe the greatest impact on their love and respect for me. Believe me, believe me humility, saying I'm sorry and asking for forgiveness goes a long way in honoring God and loving your wife and your children. And as you do so with your children, it endears your wife even more so to you. 
Ephesians 4.32 commands all those who love the Lord to forgive one another just as Christ forgave us. No better place to start than in your marriage and family. Number three, discusses household responsibilities with his wife and makes sure they are fairly distributed. In case you haven't noticed, the traditional roles of marriage have not held up very well in our culture. And they shouldn't have. Why? Because they did not align with the true loving relational servant leadership that God called us to as husbands and fathers. Matthew 20, 24 through 28, Jesus with his disciples, he defines true authority and what that looks like. In John 17, 12 through 17, he's modeling it for us. We talked about this when we worked through the book, The Authority of Love. These should be the foundation and guidance for our calling in 2 Corinthians 11.3 as the head of our wife. And Ephesians 5.23, husbands, you're the head of your wife, so love her as Christ loved the church and gave his life for her. When we demand and control, we may get results, but we are not walking in a kingdom authority of love. Honor God in Christ by servant leading in loving relationships, beginning with your wife. Number four, the husband seeks consultation from his wife on all major financing decisions. Another way to serve at lead is to honor your wife in all major decisions and especially in financial ones. Let her know what's going on. Invite her in. Make sure she lets you know what's going on and do this together. I can't tell you the number of times that husbands hid things from their wives and it wreaked havoc in their marriage. In order to be one in Christ with your wife, you must be completely transparent. This includes finances as they are one of the worst and most devastating areas in marriage for the enemy to destroy the oneness. Don't let it be your marriage. Share and consult with your wife on all major decisions. Five, follows through with commitments. All the commitments he's made to his wife. Love, according to God's word, is literally the commitment. It is a commitment above all else, and it's faithfully kept. Feelings come and go, but love always keeps its commitments. Be a man of integrity and shalom, wholeness, that is only found when every area of your life is in line with God's truth. This is what brings peace that most interpret shalom to mean, but it is the wholeness and integrity of your life that makes for that peace. Your love is really only as good as your commitment to your word and your integrity to follow through. Number six, a husband anticipates the different stages that his children will pass through. God's command to teach and train up our children starts with us as fathers. Look at Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Moses was addressing the fathers and grandfathers. In Ephesians 6, 4, it literally says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath or anger. We are to be the primary and priority disciples of our children and to be prayed up and prepared to walk through the changing seasons of their lives to help them grow as young men and women and especially as disciples of Christ. Stay alert and informed, better yet, educated to the development stages of your children so they can learn from your example and wisdom. I promise you, your wife knows you truly love her when you're doing this with her children. Number seven, anticipate the different stages 
your marriage will pass through. Just as with your children, there will be stages of your marriage, job changes, financial issues, moves, having children, relationship issues. Each of these will create one or more seasons that you will need to lovingly lead your wife and family through by the way that you act and respond. Be prayed up and be a man of God's word so his spirit in Christ can lead you. What often ends up in chaos for those who are not prepared can be a great time of growth and blessings for those who are. Number eight, frequently tell your wife what you like about her. Make a list of things she does mentally or actually write it down and the ways you can tell her and show her what you like about her, how she looks, what she does for herself, for you, for the children, for the marriage, for the home, for the family how she walks with and in the Lord. Make sure that's first. Find ways to express it that will impress her so she knows you mean it. This will likely not come naturally, so pray and ask the Spirit to guide and strengthen you so you will receive this blessing for you and with your wife. Number nine, provide financially for your family's basic living expenses. Being wealthy in Christ's kingdom is first of all doing your best in accepting where and who and what you are called to do and where you are called to work. Doesn't mean you can't improve on your job and finances, but needs to be done with Christ and his kingdom as the priority. This will give you the peace and the mindset to be content and not let the world rate or rank you and cause you to spend beyond your means regardless of how little or how much you make. God will allow and bless you to provide all you need as you keep him first. Spend less than you earn over time and trust in him. That's the secret to becoming wealthy because you're not just wealthy in money, you're wealthy in the Lord. He will see you through and give you all you need. Number 10, deal with the distractions so you can talk with your wife and family. Galatians 6.2 says that we are to bear one another's burdens and in so doing fulfill the law of Christ or the law of love. Who better to do that with first and foremost than with your wife and family? Husband, you are called in Ephesians 5.31-33 through 33 to be the Christ figure in the marriage. Christ and his bride, the church. You're the bridegroom, she's the bride. And as such, you're the burden bearer as much as you can to bring his peace on your marriage, your wife, and your children. She's going to know you love her if you're willing to step up and do that. Believe me when I say that even though you are bearing many of the burdens so they don't have to, you will also have that peace. Number 11, pray with your wife on a regular basis. Not only are you to pray with her, but to live with her in such a loving an honorable way that God hears and answers your prayers. 1 Peter 3, 7. And number 12, the final one for today, you initiate meaningful family traditions. What a great time for this one as we head into the Christmas and we're already in the Christmas season. Be willing to continue some old and or start some new traditions that evoke memories and make future memories that builds a bridge between and through the generations. This adds to the blessing of discipleship with your wife and your children 
and deepens your family ties that the Lord uses to bless in so many ways. Here's some food for thought. Remember that when you do these things, you are fulfilling your commands to you as a husband to love your wife as Christ loved and gave his life for his church, for his bride. That's what we're called to do. Action item, pick out again at least one of these. And by the way, once you've done one, then pick out a second one. Once you've learned and grown in one, continue to pick out another one until you've grown and worked through all of them. I promise you, not only it will make your marriage better, but it will have already begun to make you a better man, disciple, husband, and father. Join us again for tomorrow's program as we wrap up the final 13 characteristics of a man, a husband who truly loves his wife, and then launch us into the Christmas focus and series. Invite family, friends, loved ones, enemies to join us so they can hear more of what can help them as well. Again, if you could help us at your end and the Lord is leading you to do so, go to loveandlordship.com. Click on the Give tab and it will guide you right through to give a one-time or ongoing gift. That would be very helpful. You can also give to Love and Lordship. Make a check out there if you want to do it by mail. Send it to 324 Timothy Drive, Nicholasville, Kentucky, 40356. Or you can give on mobile at the Cash App, cash.app forward slash dollar sign Love and Lordship. Both L's capitalized and all together, Love and Lordship. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your prayers. Thanks always to the Lord. Make it a great day and God bless in Christ. And by the way, all your donations are tax deductible. Keep praying if it's not us and find out where the Lord wants you to give and then be obedient there. Stay tuned for Bill Reiser and Encounter. I'm Greg Williams and you're listening to The Authority of Love.